Hai, Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Bismillah, walhamdulillah, wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala amma ba'd. Oh, praise and thanks is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Peace and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, his family, his friends, and upon all those who try to emulate him until the end of time. Ahlan wa sahlan wa marhaban bikum. Um, yeah, we moved place because there's a ladies class upstairs at I think two o'clock. So that's why we moved. So I sent the, today's PowerPoint in the group. That's how you can just follow if you want to. So it is in the group already. Alright, so inshallah today we're going to start and we're going to look at Makkah. Right, so now we're going to look at Makkah itself and basically what is happening in Makkah. And the first thing we're going to look at is what is the definition of the city of the Haram. So Balad Haram, right? So Balad means yani like a place. And Haram means sanctuary. So Balad Haram is Makkah al Mukarrama. This is what it is known as. It is also known as Haram al Makki. And when the word Haram is used on its own, then it refers to Makkah. Right? So if I tell someone I'm going to the Haram, then automatically you will know, meaning I'm going to Makkah. However, for us, when we stayed in Medina, right? when we stayed in Medina and you tell your friend I'm going to Haram, he knows you're going to Masjid Nabawi. It doesn't mean you go into Makkah now. Right? But generally for people outside the kingdom, right, or outside Medina, even if you tell them you're going to the Haram, or in South Africa if you tell someone I'm going to the Haram, he knows you're going to Makkah. Right? So that's what it means. Then also the Haram, it has, it has boundaries. Right? So if you take this masjid, for example, you take the building, then basically where the gate is, and all around it, that's the boundary of this property. Your house at home, you have a boundary wall. Right? So if you build or you renovate, you can't go further than the boundary wall. And you go to farms and that, you see the same thing. They got fencing, right? huge lands, but then they have fencing. That demarcates, this is the boundary. So like that, the haram also has boundaries. The first one to set the boundaries was Khalilullah. Was the friend of Allah Azza wa Jal, Nabi Ibrahim alayhi salatu was salam. Imam al-Nawawi, rahimahullah ta'ala, he said that al-Azraqi and others stated with the chains of narration that Ibrahim alayhi salatu was salam defined the boundary wall. That Ibrahim alayhi salam defined the boundary and set up markers for it. And Jibreel alayhi salatu wasalam, he showed him. Jibreel alayhi salatu wasalam, he showed him where 
to place this boundary. So it wasn't something that Ibrahim salam just came up with. He woke up one day and he said, okay, I'm going to make the boundary of the Haram. No. Jibreel salam came and he showed him where to place these boundaries. Then Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam was instructed to renew them. And they were subsequently renewed by Umar radiallahu an, then Uthman radiallahu an, and then Muawiyah radiallahu an. And until the present day, they have remained well known, visible, and clear. And this is all praise due to Alaikum Salam. All praise and thanks due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you would find. You go to Medina also, right? We'll discuss this when we mean Medina. But if you go to Medina and you go to Makkah, you will see there's certain boards that say Haram starts here and Haram ends here. Right? So going from Jeddah, right? I'm assume, I don't know how the flights work nowadays. If they fly straight to Medina or they land in Jeddah and you take a bus, I don't know how it works. But if you're going to go from Jeddah, Right, and you're going to drive into Makkah. Or even when you come in from Medina, generally, then you're going to see this bridge, like a Quran, right, like that. You're going to see that. And then they will say, no non-Muslims from a certain point. And there are signs, the same thing in Medina. There's going to be signs that you will see, no non-Muslims from this point. If you drive in from Jeddah into Medina, when you come on, there's only one road you're going to come in with. Right? And in this road, you will see there's a road going basically to your right. Yeah, if you're facing this road, yes. If you're coming from Makkah, those roads will be going up like this. There will be a side road going that way. They will say non-Muslims goes there and Muslims only this road. Right? This is what you're going to find. So these are all boundaries. And Okay, when we come to Medina, inshallah, we can discuss that. At the end of Kitabu Makkah, Imam Al-Azraqi said, with regards to the boundary markers of the Haram that are on the top of Athania, whatever is in front of them is within the Haram zone, and whatever is behind them is outside the Haram zone. Part of Al-Ashash is outside the Haram zone, and part of it is inside the Haram zone. So these are places. And this is found in Sharh al-Muhadab. Now we're going to move to the names of Makkah. And the most common name is Makkah. Right? That's a name that we all know. And Allah says in the Quran, Bi The valley of Hudaybiyah near Makkah. Right. Number two. Another name for Makkah is Bakkah with a B. So all you're doing is changing the M to a B. Changing from the meme Makkah to the Ba. Bakkah. Allah says in the Quran, Inna awwala bayti wudi'a lil nas lilladhi bi bakkata mubaraka wa hudallil alameen. Right. We did this. Verse already. Surely the first house of worship established for humanity is the one at Bakkah. 
meaning Makkah. So these are two names. A blessed sanctuary and a guide for all people. The third name is Al-Balad. Al-Balad. And Allah says, لا أقسم بهذا البلد Allah takes an oath Allah takes an oath by the city of Mecca and I'm sure I mentioned last week that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He can take a qasam with whatever He wills and wants and when Allah takes a qasam of something or with something then know that this thing is important so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take a qasam wa shamsi wa duhaha Allah will take a qasim Allah takes a qasim And the sacred place And also Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Can take a qasim By creation We as human beings We can only take a qasim by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this is why the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said man halafa li ghayri allahi faqad ashraka aw kafa and whosoever takes an oath by other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he has committed shirk with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or he has disbelief and this is why you find this common in Qaytah the people say, I swear on my mother's life. Alright? Ten days in the Quran. Alright? This is not correct. And when you take an oath, you take an oath by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not by your mother's life or your father's life. Not by the Quran. And if you say, yes, I take an oath by the creator of the Quran. The one that sent down the Quran. That you can still go with. But to say, I just swear by the Quran, it's problematic. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also says, or names it, Ummul Qura. Walitun dira Ummul Qura. So you may warn the people, warn the mother of cities. So Makkah is known as Ummul Qura. And the university in Makkah is known as Ummul Qura. That's the name of the university. Right, the Islamic University in Mecca is called Jamia Ummul Qura, the University of the Mother of the Cities. And when you drive into Mecca, basically again just one road, that you'll see this university or part of the university, a big sign in it that says Ummul Qura. Now we're going to look at the superiority of Mecca. عن عبد الله بن عدي بن حمراء الزهري قال رأيت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم واقفا على حزورة فقال والله إنك لخير أرض الله وأحب أرض الله إلى الله ولولا أني أخرجت منك the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam So Abdullah ibn Adi ibn Hamra 
He says that I saw the messenger of Allah Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Standing at Al-Hazwara Hazwara is a place In Mecca And he said By Allah So he exited Mecca He stands on a place and he's looking at Mecca And he says by Allah you are the best Of Allah's earth And the most beloved Of Allah's earth To Allah And if it were not that I was expelled from you, I would have never left. So when do you think this took place? When do you think the Prophet said this? After. Before. Like on the way to Hijrah. He was leaving. And he was leaving. In another narration it says that the Prophet had tears in his eyes. He was crying. When he said this. And just think of it. Right? Besides Makkah. But just think of it. You lived your whole life in a home. Right? Now someone comes to you and he says, look, you must go. Right? Ask the older people that lived in District 6 during apartheid. Or the people that lived in Claremont. Or out there in other places. And they had to move. Ask them. Right? How didn't they feel that you have to move? And then also besides this, just think of how our brothers and sisters fields in Palestine, that you come, you bulldoze a house, you put them from one place to another place, then they go to another place, and you say, no, you can't be here, you must be somewhere else. So like that, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi himself, he feels sad that he needs to leave his own town. He needs to leave his place of birth. So this is one of the fadail, this is one of the virtues of Makkah. That the Prophet said, it's the best of Allah's earth. And the most beloved of Allah's earth to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. An Jabir ibn Abdullah, anna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam aqal, salatun fi masjidi afdalu min alfi salati fi ma siwa illa masjid al-haram wa salatun fi masjid al-haram Jabir ibn Abdullah He narrated that Muhammad Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Said One prayer in my masjid This is referring to Masjidun Nabawi Because the Prophet Sallallahu way When he narrates his hadith He's in Masjidun Nabawi So he says Pray in my mosque Is better than 1,000 prayers elsewhere. So one salah in Masjid Nabawi is equivalent to how much? 1,000 salawat. Except for Makkah. Except for the sacred mosque, Masjid al-Haram. And one prayer in the sacred mosque is better than 100,000 prayers elsewhere. One salah in Makkah. In the Haram. One Salah. And one prayer in Al Masjid Al Haram, I think my match is correct, is equal to 55 years, 6 months, and 20 days. Right? 55 years of Salah. One Salah. You there more or less for how many days in Makkah? Say about, say seven, eight days now. So do the math. 
7, 8 times 5. Times that by 100,000. You won't reach that in your life. <laughs> but this is it. It's simple. Now, I have a question. And the question is as follows. What Salah is this? Is it only your father's Salah? Or is it your Sunnah Salah as well? Janazah Salah. A lot of Janazah Salah is there. Nearly every Salah can have a Janazah Salah afterward. So what is it? Excellent. Right? The Hadith doesn't specify. The Hadith says Salah. Pray. So any pray. Your Nafil pray. Sunnah pray. Eid pray. Salatul Kusuf. Janaza pray. Fard pray. Any pray in this masjid. Masjid al-Haram, 100,000. Masjid al-Nabawi, 1,000. And there's one more mosque. Which one is that? Aqsa. How many? How many? Eh? Is it 100 or 500? I think it's 500. 500. Right, so it's two ahadith. This hadith just mentions the two. The other one just mentions. Mentions all three. I just double check, but I'm pretty sure it's 500. Committing sin in Makkah. Right, we should avoid committing sin anywhere in the world. Right? But more specifically in these places. Because bad deeds are multiplied in Makkah. Imam Ahmad was asked, is more than one sayah recorded for a bad deed? He said no, except in Makkah because of the sanctity of the land. So generally if you do something wrong, that's just one bad. But in Makkah it might be multiplied. So, right? So generally when you're on Umrah, when you're on Hajj, right? you're not going to now go listen to music or go watch a movie or something like that. Right? You're not going to do things like this. But it's smaller things that we are unaware of that we do. So what's common generally is, is backbiting, is riba. Right? Do you speak? Because now remember you in a whole group, you were different people. And now someone said something or someone did something or someone's wearing something. And you make a comment in that without realizing that you're actually backbiting this person. I don't know about that. No, that is, <laughs> um, then also, for example, right? What's obviously common error, and that is, is smoking. Right? You find a lot of people smoking in Makkah still on the days of Hajj also, right? And smoking is haram. And I was asked the question this morning in the class at the teaching the madrasa, and so they asked, um, so no, one of the students was saying that they were walking somewhere and they saw this lady smoking in Ramadan. So she asked the lady like, but why are you smoking? 
So she says, no, but the smoke don't. I'm not swallowing the smoke. Right. And then anyways, then we got uh, speaking, the lesson went on and that, and then the ruling came of that smoking breaks you fast. And then I don't know if I have any doctors here, but anyways, what was written in, or what the Sheikh explained, is that when you look at the stomach, I'm not talking about the lungs, and if you look at the stomach of a smoker, you'll find that the stomach is also black. So based on that, is that obviously the smoke goes away, it goes into your stomach. But besides that, besides that breaking or does it go in, right? There's how many proofs that smoking causes cancer, it brings harm to your body. So it is haram. And Allah knows best. So try not to or to avoid sin in the sacred land of Makkah. Another question that comes up. Is living in the city of Medina Better or living in Makkah al mukarrama better? Where is it better to live? Medina, okay, so who says Makkah? Why do you say Makkah? Okay, Medina is also sacred. Get more reward from Aki Salah. Okay. Anyone say Madina? Hey? Maybe. Right? Let's see. Alright? So let's see. The best spot on earth in and of itself is Makkah. And then Madina. Makkah is distinct from Madina and other cities because of several virtues. And we mentioned the main one. Like our brother mentioned it. He said that one prayer in Masjid al-Haram is better than 100,000 prayers in any other mosque. And the prayer in Masjid al-Nabu is only 1,000. So 100,000 is better than 1,000. That's point number one. Makkah is unique in that it is the place where Hajj and Umrah are performed. You can't perform Hajj and Umrah anywhere else in the world. You can't make tawaf anywhere else in the world except in Makkah. You can't go tawaf around the grave. Right? You can't go to a karamat, for example, and walk around the karamat. It's not permissible. So the only place where you can tawaf is where? In Makkah. Right? Some people say tawaf in the shopping malls. No? Walk up. <laughs> right? So you can only tawaf around the Kaaba. There is only one black stone you can touch and that is in Makkah. It has the, the Rukhi Yamanis there. You can only do Safa and Marwa in Makkah. So these are all things that is only for Makkah. Or takes place only in Makkah. So once you understand that it brings you more to that Makkah has more sanctity. Shasah ibn Uthaymin rahimallahu ta'ala he said Medina is a sanctuary and enjoys its sanctity but its sanctity is much less than that of Makkah no Muslim can come to the sanctuary of Makkah from outside the haram boundary unless he or she is in the state of Ihram if you go into Makkah to perform Umrah you must don the ihram from one of the miqat. 
So generally, the Capetonians, they go to Medina first. Right? That's general. Now I see the pattern not changing a lot, but you find for Umrah, you find that some people, they go straight to Makkah now. They go to Medina last. Right? So they will obviously put on the Ihram, generally on the plane. Or where they're going, or some they go to Dubai first and they have enough time, then they will change there. But you're not going to put on a haram when you go to Medina. Right? You're not going to, because, but although it's a haram area, but a haram is only for Makkah. And if you don't put on, right, it's also the Ridas department, but if you don't put on a haram from the Miqat, then what happens? You must pay a penalty. And Sheikh will explain, Sheikh will explain the different Mawakit for different countries, different places where you must go. But generally, like I said, if you go into Medina first, it's not a major thing. You don't need to stress about it. You'll go to Abiyar Ali or Bir Ali, as it's known, and then you will do it there, inshallah. Also, in the sanctuary of Makkah, the grass and the trees are protected. Whereas in the sanctuary of Medina, a concession is granted <coughs> regarding some of its trees for the purpose of agriculture and the like. Another virtue of Makkah is Tajjal will not enter Makkah. Tajjal will not enter Makkah. Anas ibn Malik radiallahu anhu he said that the Prophet sallallahu said there is no land that Tajjal will not enter apart from Makkah and Medina. Right, so even though you're in Cape Town, you think you're on the southernmost tip of Africa, Tajjal will come. Right, he can't enter Makkah and he can't enter Medina. He will not come to any of the entrances, but that there will be angels standing in the rows, guarding them. Then Medina and its people will be shaken by three earthquakes, and Allah will expel every kafir and every munafiq, hypocrite, from me. So the Malaika, their job there is to protect the boundaries of Makkah and Medina. This is their job, the security, and Tajaw will come to a certain point and he can't go further. Now we're going to move to the Kaaba. Right? And everyone knows the Kaaba. Right? Those that have been there, you know Kaaba looks. Those that have not been ever, you know how the Kaaba looks as well because you've seen pictures. So you know exactly how the Kaaba looks. The Kaaba, which is the direction of prayer for all Muslims throughout the world, is situated roughly in the middle of Al-Masjid Al-Haram. It is a 15 meter high stone structure, more or less in the shape of a cube. It was built by Ibrahim on the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For those that have been before for Umrah, or if you've been for Hajj, right? The first time you went to Makkah, right? 
like my first time I expected the Kaaba to be bigger like I don't know why just I just thought like that was in 2004 I think Five, 2004-5 like this is the first time I went I just expected the Kaaba I don't know how if you like and that time like the big building the hotel it wasn't there so it's not like okay because of that that it you know I just it just looked small I just thought it was much bigger than that I don't know how other people felt that saw it alright but this is basically the Kaaba's size Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says وَإِذْ بَوَّأْنَا لِإِبْرَاهِيمَ مَكَانَ الْبَيْتِ أَلَّا تُشْرِكْ شَيْئًا وَطَهِّرْ بَيْتِيَ لِلطَّائِفِينَ وَالْعَاكِفِينَ وَالْرُكَّعِ السُّجُودِ And remember when we assigned to Ibrahim alayhi salatu wassalam the sight of the house saying la tushrik bi shay'a do not ascribe anything with me in worship wa tahhir baytiya litaifin and purify my house of those who circumambulate the kaaba wal qa'imin and those who stand in prayer and those who bow and prostrate the word bawwa'na where Allah starts this verse and says وَإِذْ بَوَّأْنَا لِإِبْرَاهِيمِ is translated here as we showed meaning we showed and guided Nabi Ibrahim and gave him permission to build the Kaaba. We showed him where to build, we guided him how to build, and he built it exactly where we showed him to build. Allah says in another verse, وَإِذْ يَرْفَعُ إِبْرَاهِيمُ الْقَوَاعِدَ مِنَ الْبَيْتِ وَإِسْمَعِيلُ رَبَّنَا تَقَبَّلْ مِنَّا إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ السَّمِيعُ Alim. And remember when Ibrahim raised the foundation of the house of Ismail, both praying to Allah and both saying, Rabbana taqabbal minna innaka anta samiul alim. Oh, our Lord, accept this from us. You are indeed all hearing and all knowing. And an important lesson that we take and we learn from this, that after doing something good, you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept from you. Alright? You ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept. Right? This is what this dua literally means. Rabbana taqabbal minna. Oh Allah, accept this from us. Oh Allah, accept this from us. إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ السَّمِيعُ الْعَلِيمُ For indeed you, O oh Allah, you are the one that is all hearing and the all knowledgeable. The one that knows everything. Now, 
with the cover just before that we went. I heard she looks later. Yes. It was built. He built it also. And remember there's a narration that speaks about also that uh, Malaika that they also tawaf. And they say that this is basically above, right? Like in line, you can say in line. But obviously, up. there's a particular name for it that just slipped my mind, right? That it's called for them. Um, Wab, Wab ibn Munabi said it was built by Ibrahim, then rebuilt by the. I'm not sure how they pronounce this word in English. Right? Uh, the Arabic is here. But it says, Am, uh, what is this? I don't know what it is. Do you know what they, like, anyone know? What were they, like a nation or a tribe? I don't know. Right? Allahu A'lam. Then by Jurham, right? And then by Qusay ibn Kilab, this was tribes. It's rebuilding by the Quraysh is well known. And so these were people that came before the Quraysh. And then the Quraysh, this is well known, they began to rebuild it with stones on the valley which the Quraysh carried on their shoulders and they built it up to 20 cupids high. Between the rebuilding of the Kaaba and the beginning of the revelation, there were five years. And between the rebuilding and the Hijrah, there were 15 years. Abdul Razak in his Musannaf, he reported from Muammar, from Abdullah ibn Uthman, from Abu Tufail, and from Muammar, from Az-Zuhri. They were building it, and when they reached Ar-Rukan, the Quraysh argued about which tribe should lift it. Right? Lift what now? Then they said, let us ask the first person who comes from this direction to judge between us. And they all agreed. And in walks who? Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So in walks Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Came to them and he was a young man. They asked him to judge between them and he told them to place the rukun on a piece of cloth and then told the chief of each tribe to hold the edge of the cloth. Then he climbed up and they lifted the rukun to him and he placed it himself. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Now see the wisdom by, of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. If he had to tell, for example, no, this tribe do it, there'd be war. Tell the other tribe do it, there'd be war. So what does he do? He lets all of them come. Each one keep a piece he put it up, and then he puts it in. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Before Islam, in the year in which the Prophet ﷺ was born, this was known as the year of the elephant, Amul Fil, the Kaaba was subjected to an attack by an Ethiopian leader by the name of Abraha, who had built Al Qulais, a church to which he wanted the Arabs to make pilgrimage to. So he wanted people to come make pilgrimage to him and not to the Kaaba. He set out with his army with whom was the elephant 
And when they reach Makkah, Allah sent flocks of birds against them, each bird carrying three stones like chickpeas or lentil in size, one in its beak, two in its claws. Every man was struck by a stone, or every man who was struck by a stone was killed. So the army was destroyed by the permission of Allah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala explains the story to us. Alam tara kaifa fa'ala rabbuka bi ashabil fil. Have you not considered how your Lord dealt with the people, with the companions of the elephant? Alam yaja'al kaidahum fi tawdlil. Did he not make the plan go away? Did Allah not make sure that the plan gets destroyed? And he sent against them birds, right? Groups of birds. Lots of birds came. Striking them with stones of hard clay. And he made them like straw eaten. So, this is Surah Fil. Allah describes about the, what happened and how they tried to destroy the Kaaba and how Allah destroyed them. There was no fence or wall around the Kaaba until it became necessary. Yaqut al-Hamawi, he said in Mu'ajam al-Buldan, the first one to build a wall around the Kaaba was Umar ibn Khattab. There was no wall around it during the time of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, neither in the time of Abu Bakr. The wall was built because people were building their houses too close to the Kaaba. So this is also something important that we hear and we understand. People live just there by the Kaaba. And if you if you search for old photos of Makanet, you will find there as well. You will find the old pictures, you will see that these houses are very close. Right? You can check it later. You will see. Umar said, the Kaaba is the house of Allah. And the house needs to needs a courtyard. You have encroached on its space. It has not encroached on yours. So he bought those houses. See there. Umar radiallahu anhu, he didn't just say, look here, let's just destroy it. He bought those houses. He gave them the money. Demolished them and added the, that space to the space around the Kaaba. Even in today's time, eh, the government, right, if they buy your house for expansion of the Haramain, they pay you out. Right, if they want to bowl, they will pay you. They don't just come, some people say, yeah, look on the fat and the ice, and they put you in the street. No, they get paid. I mean, I knew some people, they got paid, and they get paid a lot right, for the expansion of the... And then I know one or two families that they moved, but they refused to take the money. Like, meaning because they felt that it's for the masjid, I mean, if people are going to make salah there, where their house was, so you get both. But I mean, obviously, if you have a poorer family that's been living there all the years, right? You must remember a lot of poverty also in Makkah, in Medina. 
and make a lot of poverty, lot of poor areas around the Haram area. Right, like you will see when you drive to um, Azizia, and you will see certain areas. You can see it's not affluent. Lot of people struggling. Now Umar ibn Khattab, <laughs> right? He bought the houses. And those that didn't want to sell the houses, and they refused to sell, Umar and destroyed the houses. Right? And kept the money aside for them until they came and took it later on. He built a wall around the mosque, lower than the height of a man, and lamps were placed in it. When Uthman was Khalifa, he bought more houses that were more expensive. It was said that Uthman was the first one to build porticos around it. When even as Zubair was in power, he improved its appearance, although he did not increase it in size, by adding marble pillars, extra doors, and other improvements. When Abdul Malik ibn Marwan, so these were all leaders of the Muslim world. He was the Khalifas. So what did he do? He added to the wall of the mosque and he brought columns from Egypt by sea to Jeddah, which were carried from Jeddah to Makkah on wheels. Al-Hajjaj bin Yusuf commanded that the Kaaba should be covered in drapes. What we see today, the Kiswa. And when Walid ibn Abdul Malik was Khalifa, he added to the adornment of the Kiswa and spent money on improvements to the drainage spout and the roof. When Al-Mansur and his son Al-Mahdi were Khalifas, they added more adornments to the mosque and improved its appearance. The Kaaba will be destroyed. Whether it's going to make us sad or not, it's the reality. Abu Huraira radiallahu anhi said that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, the messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said the Kaaba will be destroyed by those Suwaiqatayn from Ethiopia. This hadith is found in Bukhari. I'll be pause here two minute break. I just stretch the legs or have some water in it. And then we move in two minutes, inshallah. Halfway. Oh, <coughs>